Jean and I have a friend that we went to church with years ago, and actually many of you know her, Tanya Miller. And uh, occasionally Tanya, she was on staff at Central, and occasionally she would uh, lead worship uh, from time to time. And it was really interesting, the songs that Tanya would pick. I mean, she is a gifted musician, but she just has a great heart for maybe songs that most worship leaders won't play or that they kind of discard off to the side. And uh, she would pull them off the shelf and, and play them from time to time. Now, I don't know if you uh, are familiar with these songs, but I have some of the lyrics for the songs. One of the songs that she used to play is, It Only Takes a Spark. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone you want to pass it on. And that's one of the old songs that she would bring back. And, and just it was a, just a great time of worship. Now, I don't know if you've heard of the song Jehovah Jireh. That's another song that was kind of discarded by worship leaders many years ago. But she would always bring that song back as well. And then there was another song that I just really loved. But once again, didn't get a lot of love in most of the churches around the country after a, a certain period of time. And that was this one by Delirious. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I could sing of your love forever. So it was really interesting how Tanya would, would touch or, or reach back and, and bring those songs into the forefront and use those songs in worship times. Like I said, many times they were uh, discarded by worship leaders around the country. But Tanya, she had a a soft spot in her heart for those types of songs. And it it wasn't just songs, but really, if you know Tanya Miller at all, she really has a soft spot spot in her heart for, for everyone. And she really gravitates to those people in life that maybe somehow feel discarded by life and the circumstances that they find themselves in. She's a special person. I know many of you know who she is. But the shepherds back in the Christmas story are very similar to that mindset or that theme of being discarded because they, they weren't looked upon very very well in, in, the, in the time when they were uh, keeping their sheep and their flocks and stuff like that. Um, they were kind of lowly men and they were discarded by society. Part of the reason was is that they they couldn't fulfill the religious purity that the Pharisees had deemed important at the time. So they were kind of discarded by the religious people. They couldn't keep the Sabbath because they were out tending their flocks and tending their sheep. And so once again, they were kind of discarded by society around them, the religious community and also just culturally. They were loners They hung out in the fields with sheep, and that's pretty much all they did. They protected their flocks and had really no influence in society to speak of at all. Like I said, and you've probably heard this before, they were called lowly shepherds. But the shepherds in Bethlehem knew what it was like to feel discarded. But they also discovered what unexpected love felt like as well. 
In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, we read about the shepherds, and here's how the story goes. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. What a great line. God chose me. God chose me. Unexpected love. Unexpected love chose the shepherds that night. And the shepherds felt it. They felt that unexpected love firsthand. I hope that you can say today that you have experienced that unexpected love in your life. Because I know I have. And it's pretty overwhelming. It's definitely amazing when you experience that unexpected love through Jesus. But here's what I want you to know today. What others discard, Jesus loves. That's in your notes if you're taking notes with us today. What others discard, Jesus loves. Have you ever felt like you've been discarded? Today we're going to look at two groups of people. Broken people and weak people. And if you've ever been broken or if you've ever felt weak, you've probably felt discarded too. Broken people. Maybe your heart's been broken at one time in your life or maybe multiple times. Maybe you feel like someone you love just has thrown you away and put you in the trash. Or maybe your body is broken. I had a serious back injury and issue many years ago. And I tell you what, I know that there's some of us here today at Connect that are dealing with physical problems and physical ailments. And I remember what it felt like to be in all that pain. Boy, I tell you what, if you've ever jacked up your back, you know what I'm talking about. It affects everything in your life. I remember I couldn't lie down, it hurt. I couldn't stand up, it hurt. I couldn't sit because it hurt. That pain was so intense It was exhausting, that pain. And I endured that for several months. So I know what it's like to have a physical issue to where you can't even think straight. And I tell you what, I was in my early 30s at the time, working out at the base. I just couldn't perform my job. I I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do simple tasks at home. Boy, Talk about feeling discarded or feeling weak or feeling broken. That was me. And I know that there are some of you here today that are dealing with physical issues and physical ailments. 
Maybe you're thinking that you've lost your ability to contribute. I know I felt like that when I was dealing with that pain. Maybe that's your story today. Others of us maybe feel broken in a different way. Maybe we feel broken because of the choices that we've made in life. Maybe some addictions. Or maybe some failures. And you think to yourself, wow, I just feel broken and I feel discarded. Maybe you feel discarded, like I said, because you're, you feel weak for some reason or another. And it seems like people overlook weak people. I mean, I talked a little bit about that earlier in our prayer time right after our worship. If you're not very athletic, maybe you know what it feels like to be the last one chosen on the school playground. Or maybe you auditioned for that play in grammar school or high school or college and you were overlooked because you just weren't a very strong actor. Or maybe your high school band. Maybe you were good, but you were always second chair and never got the opportunity to be first chair. And so you felt weak. Or maybe you've had a moral weakness. Maybe you just couldn't resist that temptation. And you've succumbed to that weakness in that moment in time. And now maybe you just feel like your friends or your coworkers, or maybe even your family has just discarded you. Do you know what it feels like when you've been discarded? That's a question that I have for each one of us today as we think about this. If you have ever felt discarded, remember this. What others discard, Jesus loves. The Bible paints a pretty clear picture of Jesus' unexpected love even before he was born. There's a prophecy that we read in the book of Isaiah it was written centuries before the Christmas story unfolded. And it, it's really a beautiful promise. And I want us to go there real quick before we proceed on. It's Isaiah 42, verses 1 and 3. It says this, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations talking of Jesus, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And I think this verse is really important because it does tell us that what others discard, Jesus loves. Jesus loves the broken people. Jesus does. Jesus loves broken people. And if we think back, we, we did a series a while ago, and we talked about Mary Magdalene, or Mary Magdalene, however you like to pronounce that. And we took a look at her story. I want to revisit that just real quick. The Bible says that she came to Jesus and she had seven demons. Now, uh, contemporary language, the lady was cray-cray, all right? A friend of mine loves to use that, cray-cray. <laughs> Actually, it's Russ's wife, Chris, down in Bozeman. She likes to to say that. But that's what you could have defined Mary Magdalene as, 
A little crazy. And somebody like that in the religious culture of Jesus' time would have been easily discarded by just about everyone. But Jesus loved Mary Magdalene. She was like that bruised reed that Isaiah talks about. And if I don't know if you've paid attention to reeds. I really hadn't until I did some research here, but here we have a bunch of reeds, and they're kind of overlooked. I mean, everybody knows that they're around streams and lakes and marshes, but they're definitely not anything that would be described as strong, right? They're pretty fragile. They're pretty weak, a reed is. They're very different than other things like trees. I mean, you need to use a chainsaw to cut down a tree. I know all about that because we have a wood stove at the house, and I tell you, some of that wood is really pretty difficult to cut through sometimes. But a reed, no, pretty fragile, pretty fragile. Most people drive by these marshes and these lakes and streams and don't even pay them another thought. I don't know, I've never gone out and thought about, you know what, I need to get some reeds for my Christmas decoration, right? I mean, we we just don't think like that. We overlook reeds because of what they are. Most people wouldn't think twice about just mowing down a bunch of reeds if you had some reeds in your lawn. But Mary Magdalene was a reed that Jesus didn't overlook. Jesus chose to come alongside her in her weakness and strengthen her. She might have been looked upon as just good for nothing, bruised and broken. But we have to remember what others discard Jesus loves. And you know how Mary was transformed by unexpected love? Here's just a couple things that we see. She was freed from those demons, first of all. She became a a follower of Jesus. Well, really a disciple of Jesus is what she was. And she was the first one to see Jesus alive after the resurrection. And she is known today as the apostle to the apostles because she brought the news that Jesus was alive to the apostles and the disciples. All this because of Jesus' unexpected love. Man, what a great story. That's a great illustration of Jesus reaching out to a broken person and making her whole. Jesus also loves weak people. That's the second group that I want to talk about. If we're going to pick one person out of the apostles that you might describe as weak, we we might choose Thomas. Now, Thomas struggled with his faith. Uh, His faith in Jesus, most certainly after most of the disciples were saying that Jesus was alive, Thomas was like, nope. I don't believe it. There's no way that Jesus is alive. I would have to put my hands in his wounds to believe that he was alive. And he is the nickname of Doubting Thomas, right? And through the centuries, that's how Thomas is referred to, is Doubting Thomas. But I can imagine that the disciples were pleading with him that, no, Jesus is alive. I bet they got really frustrated with Thomas And I bet they wanted to discard him altogether. 
Well, if you're not going to believe us, then just leave. I don't know if they said that or not. I'm taking a little bit of liberty here. But I, I can imagine that some of the disciples probably got pretty frustrated with Thomas and his doubting. His faith was weak. In fact, it really appeared as if his faith was about to die. And maybe you've been there. Or, or maybe you're there now. Maybe you are lacking in faith or you're struggling with your faith or maybe you don't have any faith right now. But the one thing I want you to know is that Jesus loved Thomas. In the middle of his weakness, in the middle of his doubting, Thomas was loved by Jesus. Thomas was like that smoldering wick that Isaiah was talking about. The flame was just about to die. And I know that you've, you've probably seen candles like that, right? right? As it gets to the end of the wick or it gets to the end of the candle, it starts flickering and you don't know if it's going to stay lit anymore or whatever. And that's where Thomas was at. There was almost no spirit left there. And the world looks at this tiny piece and thinks, let's just throw it away. Maybe that's how Thomas felt. I don't know about you, but I know I've felt like that before in my faith, in my walk with Jesus, where my faith has been struggling just because I had too many questions, not enough answers. My faith maybe was described as weak. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I know I've been there, and I've felt that before in my life. But we have to remember, what others discard, Jesus loves. And you know what happened to Doubting Thomas? And many of you might not know the rest of the story about Doubting Thomas, or Weak Thomas, as you might call him. Jesus came and found him and said, put your fingers in the nail holes. Search yourself. It's me. I am alive, and I have been raised from the dead. Thomas became a very powerful missionary. He was responsible for planting churches in Ethiopia. And if you know anything about Ethiopia now, it has a very large contingent of Christian people that live in Ethiopia. It has a strong Christian population. And really, Ethiopia and the strong Christian population can trace all the way back to Thomas and his missionary journeys into Ethiopia to set up Christian churches there, all because of Jesus's unexpected love. That's really amazing from a man that had, who's known as Doubting Thomas, but had a faith that was weak at one point in time, to be the missionary to Ethiopia and have all the Christian churches trace their lineage, so to speak, back to him. Once again, we learn what others discard. Jesus loves. And when I think about how Jesus loved Mary and how we love Thomas and how we loved others in the Bible, when I think of that, I think about how Jesus loved me and loves me. Really, this kind of love, I mean, it really takes my breath away sometimes. It's an amazing, unexpected love that Jesus has for me and for you. 
There's some good friends, uh, Ken and Phyllis Stewart. They live here in Great Falls. And uh, they adopted a, a son, Chase. And uh, it's been quite a few, over 20 years ago now that they adopted him. But the thing that's really interesting about this adoption is that Chase was born with severe cerebral palsy. And, and realistically, the doctors were kind of saying that he wasn't going to live to be a teenager and he was going to have all of these problems in life. And, and really, if, if Ken and Phyllis hadn't come alongside Chase, he probably would have passed away in a assisted care facility or a facility for, for people that have those really severe issues in life. But what they decided to do is to adopt Chase and bring him out of what was destined to be a very lonely life. And the doctors, like I said, said he's probably not going to live very long. He'll probably never walk. He'll never talk. He probably will never be able to use the bathroom on his own. But Ken and Phyllis know the love of Jesus, and they felt compassion, and they were compelled to take Chase into their home. They said yes when confronted with this situation. And because they said yes, you want to know what happened to Chase? He's still alive today. He's 30-some years old. He knows how to go to the bathroom. He knows how to talk. He walks with, with a walker. And he does simple tasks. He has responsibilities that he does. He has recently moved into an assisted care facility to where, you know, he has nurses and, and doctors there to take care of him and stuff. But like I said, he has responsibilities in that assisted living facility and he does things. It's an amazing story because two people said yes and offered Chase unexpected love. Then now his life was totally transformed. Totally transformed. That's what happens when you encounter the love of Jesus. That exact same thing happens to us that happened to Chase. When we encounter Jesus' love firsthand in our lives, maybe you have felt discarded by life. Maybe you can relate to being broken or being weak like I talked about earlier. But this Christmas season... We're six days away from Christmas Eve, seven days away from Christmas. And we talked about this in recent weeks, that Christmas is a wonderful season of time because of the hope that Jesus brings into our lives. Now, granted, we celebrate in December, and that's really not when Jesus was born, and that's fine. But the season still carries with it the expectation and the hope that Jesus brings into my life and into yours. So you may have been discarded, but I want you to know this, Jesus loves you because what others discard, Jesus loves. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for the love, the unexpected love that baby Jesus brought into this world. God, I know it's an amazing love, and, and for myself, it takes my breath away when I think 
about the love, your mercy and grace for sending Jesus. And Jesus, for your decision, your choice to die on the cross for my sins. It's overwhelming at times. It's overwhelming. And Lord, as we embark on the, the rest of this Christmas season, as we work through this week, God, I know there might be some of us here today, maybe that haven't experienced your unexpected love. And as I'm praying right now, Lord, I just pray that you would, by your spirit, touch the hearts of each one of us that's here today. And maybe that's you here today. Maybe you have not, like I talked about earlier, maybe you've not humbled yourself and accepted Jesus' sacrifice as your own. Maybe you haven't made Jesus your personal Savior. Maybe with your mind you believe, yeah, I believe Jesus is God's Son, but you haven't made it personal in your life. This morning you have an opportunity to do that. And I'm just going to say a simple prayer. And if you want to experience this unexpected love that I've been talking about this morning, say this prayer along with me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die for my sins. I make it personal this morning. God, I believe that Jesus is the only way that my sins will be forgiven. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus, you're that Savior. I accept you in my life and I ask you to change my heart. Change me from the inside out. Reorder the steps of my life to align with your will. I commit my life to you right now. And I thank you once again for your sacrifice on the cross. I believe you rose from that grave to be my Savior. Be with me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've asked some people to uh, come up, uh, prayer team members, if you want to take your spot over there. I just want to spend a few moments in prayer. Uh, Maybe you felt broken or maybe you felt weak, even, even this week got some great folks that would like to come alongside of you and pray with you. Offer up that prayer to the Lord to to help you going through whatever you're going through in your life. So we're just going to spend a few moments. If that's you, if you want some extra prayer this morning, go over and see one of those folks over there. Ryan?